This is Fritz of Whiskey Dick. You're tuned to Underground Opolis. Hoo-hee-haw. Welcome to Underground Opolis for the second episode of the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to play catch up with the Wadi Stock bands because I screwed up my equipment while I was there. Well, I didn't really screw it up. I just I was having trouble working it. It was, but if it was me today, I would I would already have this interview done because I, now I figured out my equipment. <laughs> my next band, National Security, with their album Biomimicry. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about their shows. Lots of what whatever other story I can get out of them. There you go. You are live. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Okay, we are the National Security Band. My name is Andy Baylog. I live in Akron, Ohio, and I am the guitar player and vocalist for National Security Band. Yeah, I'm Greg Baylog. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm the drummer and backup vocalist. Um, I'm Craig Baylog. I'm the um, new bass player. I live in um, Cleveland, Ohio. So... I know you two are brothers. Are you all three brothers? Um, we are brothers, and this is my cousin Greg. Oh, I, I thought I got the better gene pool than they. <laughs> I thought you and Greg were brothers. <laughs> my well, bad. I... In some circles, it's brothers from another mother. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so how how did National Security Band come together? Well, Rob, we um, Greg and I found each other later in life. He moved away from Ohio down to uh, Texas in a roundabout sort of way. And we got together after a long stint of, uh, let me back up. So I had this idea for National Security Band in my head, but it didn't have the name. And we're jamming out with some drummers and other musicians in the Akron area. There just wasn't quite the click. So went down to Texas to visit Greg for um, just a lot of fun and drinking, to be quite honest. And we started talking about the political scene at the time and things started meshing. I brought down my rig and we started jamming. We wrote a couple songs for our initial album like that weekend. And that's how she started. If there was someone like on a stage that you saw in concert or on TV or anything who that you said, you know what? I want to do that. I want to be that guy. 
who, who would that influence be? For me, when it all started, it was, um, shoot, man, I was in high school and went to see Pink Floyd at Cleveland Stadium with my brother Craig. We're there. I mean, it's a huge stadium show. I mean, the lights were just badass. And about halfway through the set, Gilmore just bust out his guitar intro to Sorrow. And the whole stadium just was fixated right there. I mean, the lights were down. You've heard the song. It's badass. And I was like, that's, I need to buy a guitar so I can do that and make that type of noise. So that's my inspiration. What's you, Greg? Yeah, mine is uh, probably, I've seen uh, Tool a couple times. And I'm seeing the the drummers for those two bands. Um, I just thought that they, both those drummers carry a lot of weight and the band that they're in and just thought it'd be cool to be on the stage one day myself. Roger Waters, definitely. I mean, he's just, you know, just a deep musician, you know, he just, I mean, I love Floyd all my life and, you know, I don't know, I just like the vibe they got going, you know, he he just gets it, you know, out with his lyrics and how he sees the world and just a really deep person. How would you describe the music you create? Damn, dude. Um, we used to have a description that we like were trying to coin. It was called Heavy Mellow. It really didn't take off, but um, not yet. Not yet. It's it's weird. We are moving from our first album to our second and on to our third and definitely more of a hard-hitting rock type of, of fashion. I think we started off a little bit more psychedelic-y on our first one. We're getting just more rock in your face driven type of thing. And then adding the bass to our two piece really opens up the door creatively to what Greg and I can do. Cause at first we had to fill the whole sound spectrum with just us. And that is not the easiest thing. So we use a lot of distortion symbols to get that done. Yeah. Doomsday apocalyptic type rock would be what we hear a lot. My favorite Favorite ever quote that we got was a uh, review from um, some dude. I don't know who it was. And he said that. Um, it sounds I, like. Go ahead. It sounds like the theme song to a suicide attempt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Do you have a particular creative process you use? We do. Um, we usually dress up in like women's underwear. <laughs> And bras, and we and we reflect for a little bit. That's pretty creative. It's one of these things. So we're working on a new song, like uh, this weekend, actually. And um, an album, believe it or not, it takes us about a year to put it together. From just conception, we're going to do this until the time we walk out of the studio. It's a year. And before we hit that studio door, we have everything pretty dialed in, pretty tight, so we can just blast through them very quickly. So a lot of times it will start with a guitar riff or a drum beat, and then um, we start to tighten that. And we have books of, of lyrics about a lot of different things. And as the song will develop, you know, we'll just go through there and, you know, depending on the cadence and everything else, something will fit that. So the lyrics always kind of back in. But case in point with an album, we have a lot of things focused around a central theme. And a cool part about the lyrics 
as some of them have been written as back far as 25 years ago. So we're not necessarily pulling lyrics out from today. These are things that we wrote yep. back when we were teenagers, early 20s and so on. Yeah, that was um, from the first album. Yeah, and then um, yeah, then we had the, uh, the second one. Tower? Tower of Eden. Yeah. yeah. I, wrote, I wrote Tower of Eden lyrics when I was about 20. Okay, that is on the album. <laughs> I, was, I was like, how do I not have that? But I do have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tower of Eden was from the first one, and then... For the second album, the first album, um, we had a song we came up with like the day of the studio that we snuck in there. And it was this poem Greg wrote like in high school. And we busted that out, threw it on there. Which one was that? Shit, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, um, I don't remember the name of it, quite honestly. I mean, we, I mean, if you saw our set, we, um, we have a set, you know, schedule that we perform, and we rehearse to like invasive species. Yeah, invasive species was the name of the the song off the first album. Off yeah. the first album. So we kind of focus on what we're going to be playing on this particular leg of the tour, and there are songs that get forgotten and. It's, it's weird. So you do have a tour at a cards. <laughs> We'd like to. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. So COVID really hammered us, you know, where we couldn't do shit after that album dropped. Yeah, hammered everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. And But we still wanted to drop it because, you know, Greg and I were talking like, well, we ain't going to play anywhere. But, you know, ironically enough, this album is kind of predicting what's going on right now. So do we release it in the forefront or do we hold off until the end? So we elected to let it go. And then now as time went by, um, you know, we got to play Waddy, which was, was freaking awesome. We had a blast. We'll do some local shows. We'll play down in Carolina. But, you know, we already got the wheels in motion writing songs. So, I mean, you know how it is when you start writing. You know, it's just like you're getting that train starting to move. And we got a new bass player, and it's, it's almost like on to the next. It's a weird spot we're in. So you did you did all this yourselves, the recording. And did you do the recording yourself, or did you go to a studio? Or we got a buddy in um, Charlotte. His his name is Rod Tagliavoni, and he's done both of our albums. The dude is a rock star. Like his studio is so pimped out. I mean, it is top notch. It's. I mean, he will take care of you. I mean, I couldn't say enough about it, but that's where we go. And it's all recorded live. Catalyst recorded.
The Pink Floyd influence does show up in your live show. I'll, I'll say with the, with the screen you have in the back with all the cool stuff going on, which was quite impressive. When I saw it, I saw you guys at Wadi. Who, whose idea was that? I guess kind of both. Of I guess, yeah. So I mean, kind of leaving the new bass player out a little bit. No, it's fine. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like Andy and I, you know, we were we put we kind of came together on a lot of it, and, be, and even before we had music, we had ideas on the brand and what it would look like. And uh, so our shows, our uh, our logos, all of that. So we we looked at the brand of national security as being something that's important and uh, a statement brand for our country. So when we're putting it together, yeah, we came up with that brand. We thought about the backdrops of our shows and the imagery of what we wanted to express. And then we put music around that. Yeah. We've all collectively talked about like ideas of, um, you know, let's call it like weird shit. And this weird shit makes up our lyrics and makes up our songs. So some of what you might see in a video is not quite what you'll see behind us, but like together, those are two key puzzle pieces of what that song might be about. I'll give you a good example is, is that if you look at the news this weekend, there's a first documented case of where a drone hunted down a human target without orders from a human. And on our first album that we released about seven years ago, we have a song called Drone and the Machine. And it talks about that. And Craig, our bassist, helped us come up with some of the vision behind that even on our first album. That's kind of scary, man. <laughs> researching this stuff for the past 20 years. Yeah, there's there's a big artificial intelligence theme behind the new album. Biomimic. Available on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. No, the the stuff on the screen it works it works with your music too, doesn't it? The stuff on yeah. your screen. Yeah, there's it, it's a lot of fun to do that. To be quite honest, I mean it is um, it's just every bit as creative as is writing the songs. You know, patching that together. I, I enjoy the, the heck out of it. You're the only band I've seen at Wadi do that. <laughs> you know, pat yourselves on the back for that. Trying to raise the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other guys got to step it up. Some uh, Not that everybody wasn't great. They were. Everybody was great this that weekend. It was we a really great week. out there, and we knew it was going to be an interesting crowd, so we wanted to make sure that we put on an interesting show for that crowd. Do you have a favorite show that you played you tell us about? Yeah, for sure. I guess before that I do that, um, and before it exits my mind, uh, Craig just got a text from our dad that one of his best friends, Larry Fisher, passed away today. So um, this one's for you, Larry. Cheers. 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 Yeah, yeah to Larry. To Larry. My favorite show, it's um, our first official show for me. It was at, um, let's call it a shithole in Cleveland, Ohio, and it was a place called Pats in the Flats. And when I say shithole, I mean that in the most affectionate um, possible way. I mean, this is the stereotypical, you walk in there and your feet are sticking to the floor bar and it smells of rusted beer and, I mean, just shit dust on the walls and cobwebs. I mean, it was awesome. I, I mean, you could just feel it like right when you walked in and the black keys have played there and the white stripes played there when they first came to Cleveland from Detroit. And the place was great. The owner, her brother was actually murdered in the bar years ago. And there were a couple other 
murders, but um, and and she never kept a top shelf liquor because she got robbed all the time. So it's yeah. all bottom of the shelf liquor, and she's eighty years old and would stand out and drink with you while you jammed. It was yeah, cool. it was amazing. Nicest woman in the world. Um, it's unfortunately not open anymore, but. My God, I will never forget that show. So, I mean, for me, that was my favorite. How about you? Yeah, I think mine may have been um, maybe at the Odeon in Cleveland. I think just uh, getting on that on the stage there with the crowd we had, it was a pretty, pretty awesome venue to play in. Yeah. The counter question and one of my favorite questions, tell us about your least favorite show. Well, I don't want to say um, – I never enjoyed any of the shows because I do. But there was um, there's a local festival here in Akron that we played, and um, I think the second time that we played that festival, just we had some equipment failures. It was hotter than heck outside. We, like we had a five o'clock slot. I, I mean, the sun was literally beating in my eyeball. It, you know, and I just felt like I didn't give it my all. You know, you know, that one isn't at the top of my list. Yeah, and, and I'll add, I'll, I'll be a politician here and tell you my second most favorite show instead of answering your question. And um, it was probably a, a show we did, um, a VIP party we did in Greenville, South Carolina uh, for about 50 folks. And, uh, I mean, it was right after – the state of South Carolina opened up its COVID restrictions. We got asked to do a VIP party out there, and uh, we had that a blast. Cool. Yeah, that was a good one. So, do you prefer the studio or the stage? Dang, I don't know. They're both cool. I don't know. They're both amazing. It's do you like ice cream or pizza better? You know what I'm saying? Like, I can eat endless ice cream and pizza, or any combination of both. Or nachos and salsa. What, what's your favorite sauce? song to play i don't know um i'm really digging this new one we're working on it, you know um, always the new ones <laughs> yeah, I know. um it, it it the name is going to be without you when when our third record drops and when it does drop we're going to link back to this video to prophesize what what's happening but um that song is going to freaking rock and what we're able to do with um, now with the new the beats that we can get because of Craig and everything, it really freaking opens the door. But when you look back at our old stuff, um, yeah, there's there's two. But my favorite is probably it's either the first or second song that Greg and I wrote, and it's called Fire. I mean, that is that to me is just tight as shit. Mine's probably end title e-n-d-t-i-d-a-l and it's the final track on our first album but it happens to be the first track that we came up with and it's really the end game for our for our band uh, recorded on our first album if you could open a show open for anybody who would it be probably jesus he'd be pretty good like that'd be awesome like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jesus to the stage. Now. Like, it doesn't get any bigger than that. That's true. That's true. Like, yeah, that's a pretty big stage. How can I top that one? Um, I think if there isn't, here what I, here's what it is. Bill and Ted, from their excellent adventure in the Great Stallions, 
I would like to open for that band. Because if you recall, like that band changed the history of, of the world. <laughs> That'd be my choice. How about you, Craig? Oh man, I don't know. It's cool, man. <laughs> Being from Akron and from Texas, who who do you root for? Dang, okay. For me it's easy. Like I'm a Browns and an Indians fan. And when the Cavs were great and it was convenient. I rooted for the Cavs, but now it's just it's the Browns and Indians. I don't watch too much sports, but I do like the Indians, the Browns. Yeah, I prefer like watching plants and stuff, so I root for the trees. <laughs> just, a, just a random question. That's not even on my list. <laughs> it's just a random question there. So where all have you performed? We pretty much the um, uh, from South Carolina to. Kentucky to Ohio and back up. So in that circle, North Carolina, Texas. I mean, we we've Georgia. We've played around. What's the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice I've ever been given is is always say, "Honey, you are correct." Like that is the best advice. I haven't learned it yet, but I'm still trying to do it. But I always hear like, if you just say, "Babe, you're right," that's pretty good advice. The, the sad thing is, is Rob, is my wife is sitting across the room, and I took a pass. Like, I <laughs> threw me a softball. Here's a bunch. We don't take advice. He looked straight at his wife, and he was like, honey, what's the right answer? <laughs> Biomimicry. When was this recorded? December of 2019 is when we walked into that studio. And um, at the time, Rob was... Boy, he was sick as shit, but I don't know if it was COVID or if it was the flu. Everyone seemed to be getting the flu in November, December, you know, both these guys. But um, that's when we walked in and nailed it out. We were writing that album. We started in like the summer of 18. Yeah. We worked like you would think there's seven songs on that album. That might be a quick one, but we really spent some time on that like down alone just that song down we probably spent two and a half months you know just changing parts you know taking things out putting other things in until we got it right the way we wanted what's next for you got a new bass player it's my brother his name's craig <laughs> i've known him my whole life he's just an awesome dude so that's amazing like just we've been missing that the whole time we are are going to be dropping another album for sure or ep but you know i i mean by the time we're ready for an ep we're gonna have more so um i think we're gonna have another full-length album probably in about a year in the meantime we'll be doing some tours i'll be drinking some beer we might have a bonfire later tonight you're welcome to come over i work six hours away man <laughs> what else let, is in the future? Let, let me know about that festival you mentioned earlier like port, in a message or something. Port Tracker? The, in Akron? Yeah. There's... Oh, yes. Rob, yeah. So if you, I think this year's is August 21st. We were looking at it, and there will be 100 bands playing in the neighborhoods here in Akron, and they're all on front porches. And um, some local businesses will put up stages. There will be beer gardens, food trucks. People will be selling shit in their front yards. It's all day. It's free. It is the coolest festival I've ever been. And I've been to a ton of music festivals, but everyone is super cool. And you can just walk around 
and have the best time of your life. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, it's cool. And um, something that I thought was cool that happened today is we've played in that festival a couple times. Yeah. But we um we got asked to play at a uh, at a an opposing festival um in the same city uh for the same weekend and the same day. So uh we're gonna probably pick the other festival this year just to uh try to get something else started in the city of Act. Anything else you'd like to plug in before we wrap this up? I think we're about to leave this and, and plug in our instruments and get a little bit more jam time in and and, and work on that third album. Yeah. Rob, it was awesome meeting you, all of our new buddies down in, in Waddy. Like, that was the best um, fun I've had in a long time, to go camping and listening to live music without everybody wearing the goofiness on their, their face, I thought was incredible, and to have beers. Um, man, I'd love to do that again. You know, I'd love to shake your hand again, have a drink with you, you know, Follow us on the internet. We're out there. You know, so just thank you. Jesse from Jesse and the Hog Brothers. Here's your joke of the week. Snail goes into a car dealership, says, I want to buy that car, but I need customization. I would like a big red S painted on the front, the back hatch, and both doors. And the guy said, we can do that. Probably get it ready in a week. So they conduct business. He goes to the, brings the car to the auto body guy. He says, tells him what it is. He goes, hey, any idea what that S is for? And the guy goes, I don't know. It's a snail. It probably asks for snails. So the snail comes back to pick up the car about a week later, and he sees the S's beautifully embroidered, you know, in paint on all the places they were supposed to be. And the snail's like, oh, this is great. And he says, yeah, you notice the, the detail. We got that S for snail on every angle. He goes, yeah, but it's not for snail. He said, what's it for? He says, whenever I drive by, people will say, wow, look at that little S car go. That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media. 
and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform, and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off.